0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat teaching by Rabbi Rebecca Schatz. In Genesis, we are individual people. And then when we get to Exodus, we're a community. We are a nation, right? And the whole idea is that the beginning of Exodus is the birth of Moshe, and then leads us into becoming an even bigger nation. And that happens when we go through the uh, um, the sea and we come out on the other side, a full nation, right? Because we've been in slavery together. I, you probably all know, this is not the topic that we're gonna get into today, but you probably all know of stories where when people go through trauma, we can think of what's going on in Israel right now, right? When people go through trauma, There is more likelihood that they're going to come out on the other side together as opposed to fractured. Right. That if you if there are like experiences that you come together closely because you find that support and that love within one another, um, as opposed to the fractured nature um, of the stories of the families in, in Genesis, which who we do learn a lot from. Right. We learn a lot from Abraham and Sarah. and. And all the rest of the characters, and they're flawed, which is great because that teaches us that as humans, we can be leaders and also flawed, uh, but they're not cohesive when we get into exodus we're all of a sudden a cohesive people, so this is the beginning of that this you will not see cohesion yet, but this is the beginning of it right the The first book, sorry, the first chapter of the of this book of Shmot is where we start to to understand that this is going to be. Uh, part of the thesis of the overall nature of Exodus. So we're actually going to focus in on one particular verse that you've probably all heard before, and it's that verse of that there arose a new king who did not know Joseph. Um, it's It's an interesting verse for a lot of reasons that we'll go into today, but it's also very interesting to think about what does it mean that a leader comes to power and doesn't know the person who came before them, right? What would it have been like if I became the associate rabbi at Temple Beth Am and didn't know Ari Lucas before I came in? You don't need to know the person Personally, I happen to, right? But you don't need to know the person personally, but to know what they did, to know where they excelled, to know what pro, what uh, projects you're picking up of theirs, to know areas that they didn't have as much interest in that maybe you can add to, right? That's an important part of succession is to be able to know the people who came before you to be able to, to pick up where they left off in wonderful ways, hopefully. So I'm going to give you a bit of context and then we're going to focus in on that verse. So the first uh, the first verse we're gonna look at here is chapter one of Exodus, verse five. Vayehi kol nefesh yerach yaakov, the number of people who came out of literally the loins of Jacob, shiv'im nafesh, were 70 souls. Now, does that mean 70 people? Obviously we hope so, but the fact that it says nafesh and not anashim, it doesn't say 70 people, it says 70 souls. The Yosef Hayav Misraim, and, and Joseph was in, in Egypt. So again, this is just giving, I, not only am I giving you context, but this is the, the beginning of the book is also giving us context. Joseph died, and all of his brothers and all of that generation. And B'nai Yisrael and the people of Israel were fertile and prolific, and they multiplied and they increased. Uh, and the whole land was full of them. Now, we could see this if we wanted to in a very in in an anti-Semitic almost language, right? Like they were too big for us. They were, they were overrunning the land. But to us as a part of this people, we see this as a really beautiful thing, right? They were populating the earth after going through everything that happened um, with the famine and all of that. They were becoming a people. They were, they were growing themselves, which is a beautiful thing. This is the verse that we're gonna focus in on. Vayakom Melech Hadash, a new king arose, Al Mitzrayim, which is interesting, on Egypt, right? Which is an interesting way of saying that. doesn't say inside Egypt, but literally upon Egypt. So a new king arose upon Egypt, or in the English here it says over Egypt, Asher loyada et Yosef, that did not know Joseph. right? And, And again, as I mentioned before, that's surprising, Right. Because just four verses ago, we were talking about how Joseph was actually already in Egypt. So how did this king not know Joseph or was he ignoring Joseph or had he never heard of Joseph or was this king someone who didn't really know people and was kind of a black sheep who had come to power? We're going to we're going to see a bunch of different commentaries on them. And he said to his people, look at these, at, the, at Israel, the children of Israel, they are too numerous for us. So that line that I mentioned before, that to us seems like such a blessing, did seem to this king to be one that he was fearful of, right? Wow, they're really powerful. We need to do something about it. Now, it then goes on to talk about slavery and all these things that you know from the Exodus story. But we're going to stop here for for now. I gave you one more verse, but we're going to stop here for now and go on to the commentaries. So what, what do you think it means for a king to not have known Joseph, that a king arose on Egypt and didn't know Joseph? Or- Right. So maybe he just didn't even know, right? Had I not been an intern here or had I not been from LA, it's very possible I wouldn't have known Rabbi Lucas, right? There's no reason for me to know him, but I happen to know him. So it's very possible that someone could come into a community or in this, in this case, come into power and not know what came, what came before him because he's from somewhere else completely. Other thoughts? Yeah, Rosa? Great. Joseph might just be another dude, right? Like how, why should anybody know Joseph? We know Joseph because half a book was written about him, but, but, and also a musical. Um, But, but it might not be that everybody else knows Joseph, right? It's very possible that the kingdom was so big that why would anybody actually know him? Well, not, not yet, I mean, he did, he did it. Yes, he died at the beginning of this page that I gave you, he died. But when, but when the Pharaoh had come into power, most likely he was still alive. We are being told the context that Joseph died. And then there was, and then there was a king. You're correct. But most likely, you know, generations obviously overlap. So most likely this king was around when Joseph was alive. But yes, you're, you are right in terms of chronolo- chronology. Yes. <laughs> It's like what Bob's saying, that enough time had passed that who knows who this guy actually was, makes sense. Right. And and that's the thing that, you know, it, it depends on how the story is written, right? Which is why in today's day, so many stories are written from kind of the underdog perspective of famous stories where we know the the main protagonist, right? Because you want to know the other side. The musical, I don't know why I'm referencing so many musicals right now, but the musical Wicked, right, was written as a way of understanding a whole different side of the Wizard of Oz story, right? So it, it does depend on how you tell the story to know the perspective of it. And so you're right, That it's possible that enough time had passed. We think Joseph is a really important guy, but maybe this king just had no idea that he even existed, right? Okay, so let's go on to some of these commentaries. I quite literally just brought a bunch of commentaries, and we're going to go through them. Um it, There was no like there is no, as Rabbi Shapiro would say, bow to be put on this at the end to necessarily say, like, oh, because the commentator said this, this is what it definitely means. But I wanted to give you a sense of what commentators think it might be saying that that this king arose on Egypt um, and didn't know didn't know Joseph. Okay, so Rashi says now there arose a new king. Vayakho Melech Hadash. Rav and Shmuel, two teachers. Differed in their interpretation of these words. One said that he really was a new king. And the other one said that it was the same king, but he made new edicts. So what what Rashi, who's quoting these other teachers from the from the Talmud, from Sota, are is saying, he is saying that, you know, okay, sure, yeah, he was a new, he was a new king. He really didn't know what else was going on. But then Shmuel is saying, well, he might have been the same guy when Joseph was around. But now that Joseph is gone, he has new rules. And the only reason that that seemed interesting to me is because if we look at the next verse, after we're told that this new king arose, we do see that he's starting to get a little afraid of the people of Israel. Right. And so maybe it is the fact that these new rules came about once he started to kind of understand what the people were going to be capable of. Tell me. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is funny, because we're going to get to the whole story of denial. Very good. Uh You started the pun thing earlier. Right. So now I got to I got to play up on it. OK, so <laughs> so the Rashi then goes on to say that the Asher Loyada, who did not know. Right. He comported himself as though he did not know him. So this is what Irv was saying. Right. And and actually, back to what Temi just said, that that there is. There is a world in which this was the same guy, the same physical human being, right? Michael Becker is still Michael Becker. But if something happens to Michael Becker, he might have a different perspective on the, the, the event, the people around him, whatever. And that's what they're saying about this king, right? That he was the same physical guy, but now all of a sudden he had a new perspective and a new outlook on what was going on, or I'm so glad you said the word threatened because I, th- I hadn't used that word yet. And that's exactly what I was getting at, right. That the pe- that, that the King could have been the same person, but felt newly threatened by that, which was happening in his midst. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Yeah. AJ. Yeah. I can't think of a place in the Torah where it's saying something that we mean the opposite in the Talmud. It happens all the time, especially around matters of death and matters of sex. So the rabbis, when they're discussing sexual matters, they have lots of euphemisms that are used as a way of talking about it without talking about it. And then same with death because of the evil spirit. You don't want to, you don't want to conjure up, you know, the, the the Melechamavet, the angel of death, because you're talking about, about it too much. So that's superstition. But the, but, but I can't think of a place in the Torah where, that, where euphemisms are used in the same kind of way. Um, but it's a very fascinating, a very fascinating question. Um, okay, turn the page over. One day I'll learn to put page numbers on my source sheets. That day is not this week. Um, I know, but then you don't know what page I'm talking about. Anyway, the one that says Ibn Ezra. So Ibn Ezra says, now there arose a new king, Vayakom Melech We're really just focusing on those words over and over again, which is why I keep hearing them. This is to be taken literally without any embellishments. Scripture read Torah reads, and there arose Vayakom because the new king was not of the royal seed. Right. We hear this all the time now with like the royal family in in England. Right. If someone gets married and they're not within the royal family as as far wide as that spreads, all of a sudden there's lots of talk around how is that person going to be part of the royal family? And and so that seems to be what Ibn Ezra is, is thinking is actually happening here, that this is a king who came from his own merits, his own leadership abilities. And he is now a new king, but he's new because he wasn't a prince who then became a king, right? So new in the sense of new to this kind of leadership or new to royalty, not new to Joseph. It is like that my son has stirred up my servant to lie and wait against me. That's from Shmuel. That's just the um, the proof text for this idea. So here new means... He was new, new to the job, right? He had never done this before. He was new to being a king. And so that makes all kinds of sense that he didn't know Joseph. If you're not in a place of leadership, how would you know some random Joe Schmoe who lives in your, in your um, yeah, in your area, in your, uh, what's it called? Kingdom. Thank you. Um, how would you know someone who, who if, you're, if you're not above, if you're on the same level as Joseph, how are you supposed to know Joseph? He might be from a completely different side of town. How are you supposed to know him, right? You, you expect from a leader to at least recognize names, right? We, we talk about this in shul leadership all the time. You might not know a person intimately, but you at least have seen their name on a high holiday ticket or, you know, you have a general sense of who the members are of the shul, right? Like that, that kind of, that kind of um, knowledge exists when you're someone who is who is dealing with a lot of people. But if if you're a quote just congregant, you might not know also that other random congregant who only comes on Rosh Hashanah, right? Because you're not you're not dealing with names in the same kind of way. So we wouldn't have expected this king to know people who were on his same level before he became leadership. I had never heard this as an inter- interpretation before, so I was very interested in that. Okay, Chizkuni says, I think we're going to do two more. Chizkuni he- says, Some commentators citing the fact that the death of the previous king has not been reported. Right? We know that that Joseph died and that Jacob died, but we don't actually know that the king who came before this guy died. Claim that the Torah speaks about the same king, right, It's the same actual person, that's why it says body, but that his attitude vis-a-vis the Israelites underwent such a change that he might as well have been a different king altogether. That all of a sudden this perspective changed on the people, whether based on how he was interacting with them or how they were interacting with one another, that it's the same guy, but his interpretation of them, of them changed. So the fact that this new king, right, that, that it might actually be the same, the same king because we don't know that another king died. So it's possible it's actually just, just the same guy. Um, okay, this, is, this next one is quite interesting. I thought it was a little bit interesting in terms of what's going on right now um, politically in Israel, not necessarily um, uh, in terms of October 7th, but just politically politically. Vayako Melechadash, a new king dynasty arose. So the Zakanim is adding this word, basically kingdom, not just king, but that a whole dynasty arose and they were new. This was the first pharaoh, right? We don't actually hear of another pharaoh before this. Um, we might hear the word pharaoh, but that just means leader, right? It doesn't, that's not necessarily the name. But we this, this is the first time that we're actually experiencing um, this category of person. The Egyptians suggested to him to join the Hebrews politically, right, to be on their side. They seem to be very powerful. They seem to have an idea of how to move things forward, especially coming out of a famine, right? They seem to have an idea of what it might mean to, um, to be successful in the land that they're all living in. The king said to them, how can we do this, seeing that thus far we have prospered thanks to them? Meaning, if we know they're doing things that we're benefiting from, if I join them, then I'm doing the work. I'm not necessarily benefiting from the work. I'm doing the work to, I guess, within yourself, you get to benefit a bit, but you're also working. You're not just sitting back and benefiting from the work that others are doing for you. The Egyptians did not like this and removed this new king from the throne of for a period of three months after this is a complete midrash, by the way, this is not in Torah. The, The rabbis wrote this to explain things themselves. After the three months had elapsed, the king told the people that he was willing to change his attitude on the subject and to oppose the Hebrews, right? So at first he he said, okay, maybe maybe actually I will be on their side. Maybe I will help them become even more prosperous than they already are. And then some for some reason, three months went by and all of a sudden he was opposed to them. This is why the Torah writes a new king. Okay, so, so again, kind of just adding on to that idea that, that maybe it's the same person with a different with a different, um, eat Yeah. Okay. I'm going to just going to read one last one. Um, and then, and then happy to take a few questions before we bench. So this is from the Eitz Chaim, the, the Chumash that's in the chapel where we we'll, we'll go back in just a second. Pharaoh knew that Joseph had saved Egypt, but he didn't care. Right. So it's not that he didn't know him. It's that he didn't have any interest in that which he had done, right. Which, by the way, it's just a very human thing. You, you might not like everybody, even if you know what they've done, you might not necessarily like their decision. Right, right. Sure. He did not let the information change his outlook. Through much of Jewish history, the people's well-being depended on the goodwill of a ruler. When the leadership changed, the fortunes of the Jewish community often changed as well. Pharaoh begins by refusing to acknowledge Joseph and later refusing to acknowledge God and, and saying, who is the eternal that I should heed God? This is when all the plagues are happening. So what we're seeing here is that, first of all, this is why I love looking into commentary. We have no clue what this verse means from Torah, right? That's, that's what's so interesting is that some of these commentators might agree, but we have no idea what it means that a new king arose We have lots of thoughts, just as you have lots of thoughts, right? There's there's lots of hypotheses around what it might mean. But the reason that I thought that this Eitz Chaim commentary was particularly interesting is because it wasn't just that he was new or that he was the same guy with different edicts. This is actually, in my opinion, worse, right? That he did know the guy, that he didn't change, but he didn't care, (laughs) And that there was some, there was something almost manipulative about then that relationship of saying, Oh, I don't know him. Well, you do, you do know him. You just don't care to know what he's doing and, and how he might be benefiting, um, your land or your people. And then later on has that same, has that same relationship with God. So as I said before we started, there's no like, I didn't come up with an answer as to what this verse means, but I think it's interesting for all of us to imagine that there are lots of verses that we read just like this one and think to ourselves, oh, okay, he didn't know Joseph. Maybe maybe they were different generations, maybe time elapsed, whatever. But could it also have been that we're dealing with humans here, and that we're dealing with two humans who just didn't really want to know one another. And what does it mean to have lived through a leadership time like that? Yeah, tell me. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. We don't have enough. Exactly. 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 And that, to me, actually, that's the fun of opening a new book, right? We read Exodus every year, um, but that's the fun of reading a new book the same every single year is it? This is a line I've read a gazillion times, but I haven't necessarily taken a deep dive like I did with all of you today into this one particular verse. So, right, right, right. And I think that's part of what we're talking about here, is that who, who knows if he had even had the opportunity to know who Joseph was. That's exactly right. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles.